Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You've had a real long day. Nothing good is on the radio. So let's talk your troubles away. Just a couple of guys trying to analyze the things we do and see. Play a game or two, maybe an interview. Oh, what a place to be! It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way! What a good sign! What a good thing! It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. Man, you know what's a a health side effect of this whole circuit breaker thing? <laughs> what is? I got a blister on my fingy. And how how'd you how how that happen? It's from cooking so much. Ah, uh, did, bur- did you burn yourself? I didn't burn myself. It's it's like from cutting so much, like where I pinch my knife. Maybe I'm pinching it too hard. Maybe I'm holding it the wrong way. But I got a blister on my fingy. It hurts. It burst yesterday. Oh, doesn't that suck? I'm trying to figure out how you get a blister from using a knife. It's like when you pinch grip a knife. Let me try to demonstrate with my phone. It's like right there. So it's like. Like the edge, the other, the the non super sharp. Obviously, the the other side, the non sharp edge, right. is right there on the corner. So it's like, what have you been? What have you been chopping? <laughs> <laughs> Chop talk with Nathan. And John. <laughs> uh, I made. I, I made. I oh okay. So another update on things I've finally been able to do during mm. the C the CB the yeah. CB is that I finally properly caramelized onions. Oh, like you spent the whole like hour, like one full hour. I think it was. I didn't. I I timed it for thirty minutes, and then I'm like, these aren't done. Yeah, (laughs) I just turned off the timer. It takes us. It takes takes us a long time. Surprisingly long time. I don't know. Like, um, I remember the first time I tried it. Like, oh, they're brown. It works. And I was like, oh wait, no. Like, there's about like two more hours to this process. Exactly. It's got to turn into like onion jam, basically. Yeah, but for me, every time I'm like, oh, these are burnt. Oh, these are burnt. Burnt them again. (laughs) It's really hard. It's, and then it's just low and slow all the way. Low and slow all the way. Yeah. And then last night, I think I got them too sweet. Like I put them in my dish. I'm like, oh my God, these are too sweet. Mm. But I think what I did uh, wrong was I deglazed it with like a tablespoon of balsamic vinegar. Because I was like, there's flavor at the bottom of this pan. And that made it over this bit. But you know, it's fine. Right. So yeah. So my, my caramelized onions were too sweet and my fingers got a little blister. <laughs> that's the worst thing that's happening right now. But you've been going on like a significant, um, uh, uh, significantly more food adventures. I would assume. I've, since, yeah, pretty much. Because I'm like, breaker. yeah, I'm just like, what's what are some things I can do? I made spetzel, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I still can't spell. Spetzel never appealed to me. Something, really? something about German people making noodles is just like, no, stop. It's like stay in your lane. Yeah, <laughs> Klaus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be fair, they wouldn't call it a noodle though. It's more of a dumpling. It's worse, I think. <laughs> yeah, and if you're gonna, then to be fair, the recipe I well, I didn't do in the end. I almost did was J Kenji Alt, and he's you're Asian, mm-hmm. so that's a thing. <laughs> I bought a spetzel maker, Nathan. I bought a spetzel maker off of Lazada. What's this? What? So basically, it look it looks like a cheese grater, mm-hmm. but there's also like a little compartment that holds the dough, so that you move it back and forth, sort of like a mandolin, and like it just it just grates it into spetzel. Which, by the way, it was, it, if you're you know not following, is a German dumpling noodle situation. But it's good because I like that texture. I like chewy noodles. Right. 
Again, dumplings. I've I've never been a huge. I'm gonna go back to the fact that you bought a a, a device specifically for Spatzel in a bit later. It's six dollars. <laughs> it was six dollars plus but, shipping. It was nine dollars. But like, um, yeah, I don't know. I I've never been a fan of the 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 PC noodles. You know, like politically correct noodles. <laughs> no, like the, the the noodles that have like like they come in like little bits and pieces. Like uh like 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 in Chinese. Um, dishes. There's a there's something called mi tai ba. Oh, I'm sorry. PC PC noodles. Like, PC. Like it, they PC. come in pieces. It's like little pieces. I literally pieces. I was like, what does PC stand for? It's not politically <laughs> correct. No, like like you know, um, there's this Asian mi tai noodle ba. called mi tai ba. Yeah. The, the ones that look like worms. Yeah, it's like little I love slippery those. worms. Oh, I, I'm just not a fan. Ah, so we have different noodle tastes because yeah. I like that kind of thing. I like that. what what else kind of goes in that category? Like um, okay, like if it's like yeah. individual like pasta, like shells or like orecchietti or like yeah. penne or whatever. Like I would say orecchietti kind of belongs in that category. That's kind of okay because like it it serves a function. It has a shape mm-hmm. that like scoops sauce. True. It's usually made with like I uh, what's special made with? Just flour and water. Uh, flour. The one that I did was flour, egg, and sour cream. Okay, so essentially just pasta dough with pretty sour much. Cream. Okay, yeah. So I'm guessing special can absorb a decent amount of sauce. Like, uh, no. Uh, yeah, it can. It does, right? Because yeah, last time I didn't have sauce, so I was like, I guess so. Because like, yes, mi tai bak is, is basically like, it almost repels sauce. Right, I hear what you're saying. It's like the slippery, it's like the sauce is always like just a very thin layer around it. It doesn't actually I hear what you're saying. It doesn't soak it in. It doesn't soak it in and it's like a slippery noodle. I don't know. It, 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 it. it it doesn't like gross me out or anything, but it doesn't appeal to me as well, a food. I think it's, I think you have to like think of it. You have to shift your mindset of what it is because yeah, it's more of a dumpling. So in other words, I would feel like its closest cousin is like a gnocchi, except not way with potato. It's like a donoki gnocchi. Yeah, it's a jokey dioki. Yeah, for, for, for me, gnocchi is one of those like if you're ordering it, you're taking a risk. Why I, is that? I feel like only like Hit and miss. two or three places do good gnocchi. Most mm. places, it's just kind of like a weird potatoy thing like sounds it, like next week i'm making gnocchi gnocchi i can take from this talk yeah i don't know like i i've i've i i'm i'm open to gnocchi i'm gnocchi curious okay but i have only probably had like one or two good ones every time i've ordered it that's the thing like there's a there's a whole slew of like foods that i never really order mm-hmm. but interest me gnocchi is one of them because i'm always i'd rather if i'm at a restaurant that has gnocchi i'm probably gonna get the pasta right if i'm at a restaurant that has pasta i'm probably not gonna get the risotto how about chicken fried steak Oh, I will get chicken fried steak no matter where it is. What, I don't know where you came from, where where you where you got that idea, but I would get chicken fried steak. Any, I'm going to make chicken fried steak. I was just I'm thinking about things that I've seen on menus that I don't order. If I see chicken fried steak or country fried steak, whatever you want to call it, I am ordering it. Yeah, yeah. Like the last time I I, I, I chanced upon one on the menu, it seemed like such a, a, a an idea. But I've I never feel hungry enough for a deep fried steak, <laughs> shallow fried. To be fair, <laughs> okay, shallow fried with with a white gravy. It's delicious. Uh-huh. Like Chili's, uh, rest in peace in Singapore. And the one in the Philippines, they do a really good one. Oh, the Chili's, the Chili's close in Singapore. Yeah, yeah. all the branch, all three branches. Sounds about right. Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> well, you've been busy with um, uh, uh, knifing shit. I've, yeah, I've just been, knifing through. I've been like holding myself in, in, in my room trying to write an EP. And it has been harder than I thought. Because, to force yourself to write something? No, but like hard, harder in the sense that like um, I thought that, oh, all this time by myself at home or all mm-hmm. this time where like I don't have to be anywhere. Oh, it's going to be so creatively productive. 
Um, it, it's 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 different. I will say that like there's something there's something different about the um, alone time that I usually experience mm-hmm. and the alone time I'm experiencing in like this circuit breaker, uh, whatever the hell your country is calling it. <laughs> period. Um, yeah. It's just different. I really thought I was going to be able to find a rhythm because, I, oh, this is just like infinite amounts of like free time. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, oh, no, it's just like it's, it feels so different. Like, I, I will so say. There's so many people around and like yeah. suddenly the space is like very much like always on. Yeah. You know? And I don't know. Something about that makes it difficult to like sink into a rhythm really. It's surprising for me. I don't know if you're experiencing the same thing. It's surprising how quickly the day goes actually. Because maybe it's the same thing. Like I expect to have like infinite time, but all of a sudden, like it's nighttime. What the fuck? Mm. That's what I'm experiencing. I think that that's that happens when like routine starts to set in. Mm. Like when routine starts to set in, that's definitely when like oh, this night feels like last night, or was it two nights ago? Like you know when the, yeah, when yeah, the yeah. nights start blending in, or like the afternoons start yeah, blending yeah, yeah. in, and you're not too sure when the day transitioned exactly. Yep. Yeah, like I think that definitely happens with routine. I'm I I I feel like I've been doing varied enough things where I, unless I stay in bed all day and just like fall into a fucking YouTube rabbit hole, like, um, most days seem more or less the same. I don't know. I, I think like we, we mentioned it before in the previous episodes of like how this whole period has not been a gigantic adjustment to mm. our lifestyles, not as much as other people. Yeah. You know, for the most part, our working lives, um, other than like live events, I guess. Yeah. Have not been like, and shoots and, and uh, teaching and everything. <laughs> like our lives haven't been tremendously affected. The rhythm of our lives haven't been tremendously affected. So I really thought that like, the, that this was going to be like, Oh, super productive writing period. And I've just been like staring at the computer, trying to churn out ideas and like trying to like, um, like, yeah, essentially force myself to write because yeah. you know some days you just need to force yourself to like commit to the action. And man, not as not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Maybe you're thinking too hard. Maybe you should just do an, an EP of covers. <laughs> Let me inspire you. Um, it's Corona. <laughs> just like a, a Corona themed EP. Yep. Yeah. Co co COVID. Co co COVID. COVID with me. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, um, sail away. it's, it's, I, I would not have gotten that. Yeah, I know. That's it. why I had to say it. <laughs> I, just, I was just like, okay, moving don't on. Sail away. <laughs> Go get, don't get COVID. Don't get COVID. Don't get COVID with me. That's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's, 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 um, the process hasn't changed, honestly. I just, like, it's, it's, I mean, the process is usually this difficult. Yeah. It's just that I really thought that it was going to be easier with like all of this free time. But I guess like it's in this new world and with all these new distractions and all these new like um uh uh just the environment around you and everything, mm-hmm. it definitely affects like the, 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 the rhythms in which we create, right? Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, but I mean it's 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 happy to say that the last few days have been more productive oh, than usual. Great. But it's just like man, if if there's gonna be more of this I'm going to have to really like figure out a new kind of routine. Yeah, it's because it's, it's a new paradigm. Yeah, sure. I, I need to figure out a new routine because like I was using the old way to try to work in this new world. Um but it's 
not it, it doesn't quite work. Yeah. I, I need to like figure out my 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 corona routine. Adapt or die, man. Adapt or die. So it's, let's it's, delve into it a little bit because I'm actually not privy to this. I'm kind of curious about what you're talking about. So what would you do in the old <laughs> the old times? BC before Corona. <laughs> BC. Um, well, in 2019 uh, 19. BC, <laughs> uh, it would pretty much just be like. I guess that'd be one BC. Like, just sit in front of the computer, mm-hmm. take whatever lyrics that I've had written, like, throughout the day or throughout the week, and then just, like, uh, mess around with them with, like, different beats, different sounds. Sometimes I'll just, like, take a a, a random background track from something else entirely mm-hmm. and just write on top of that so I can get a framework of a song. Um, and that... And it's... the I guess the main difference was that I never really um, adhered to a strict schedule mm-hmm. of like okay today at 8 p.m i'm gonna start recording it was more of like okay i need to do this at least like two or three times a week yep. and then before the week ends i'll make sure i hit that quota yep um but i don't know now that we are in uh, uh 2020 ad after the disease after this um uh, which would be i guess be 180 yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes true 180 um like it's it's just I don't quite know how to describe it. It's just so different. I, I don't quite know. Like it, it, the the old way of setting a schedule doesn't quite work. I guess because like I'm not going out anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not like going to a movie or in the cinema. I'm not going to like visit friends. I'm not going to the gym. Like I'm not doing all those other things that usually like kind of loosens the lo- yeah loosens it up. Like yeah, you know, like, relax like, your brain a get little. Get the bit. machine going. Sure. Or you know, at least just even engage in like something else. But I guess because like now that life has become so sameish, yeah, um, the dangerous part of it is just sinking into a, like a, a weird routine or a rhythm where suddenly like it's you, you find yourself creating less or you find yourself doing less. Yeah, I, I think if I if I may say so myself, I think I've adap- I've adapted pretty well. I mean, which is to say, which is you know, like I've found that I've been able to like not fall into a funk. Like I've been able to do like been able to like. Stay productive in the sense that, like, I make a to-do list every day. This is something I was doing before Corona. I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast. So I mm. don't think we did. But, like, I am the world's worst procrastinator. I'm just not very productive unless I'm being forced to. So I'm just, like – but I'm I'm also, like, very, like, susceptible to being um, – liking reward. So my thing is that I just make a to-do list the night before, like, tomorrow. And I try to be very specific. Mm. Like, I go, tomorrow I am going to get these exercises. I'm going to think of these exercises for this work – this class I'm working on. Or, mm. like, I'm going to edit these specific photos. Yeah. And then I put it on a checklist, and when I'm done with, with that task the next day, I check it off, and that's already very rewarding. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my my little hack for surviving this thing is to do that. And also to look for special things that I can do that, like again, don't make it like, oh, my God, the days are blending together. So now I can be like, oh, that day we made that crazy rack of lamb, which, yeah. again, made for the first time mm. the other day, rack of lamb. I don't know, man. To-do lists freak me out. I know, right? But it's To-do like, lists really like, – only because like – Whenever I make one, I end up just getting like, like avalanche by the stress of like the of of, of right. Because like for example, like um, I tried to do this like literally like maybe two three weeks ago mm-hmm. when like things were getting really busy and I was like okay I need to like or- organize and restructure yeah. instead of just kind of like doing what I usually do is just just like start and chip away and then yeah but you're good at that you're, you're good at just doing like oh, I yeah need to do because like when I don't think like, about I'm not it, good at that when I'm do- when I don't think about it mm-hmm. like I just do yeah. But when I see it in front of me, holy shit, then I'm just like, Phew. I think it's about keeping it manageable, so let's, too. Let's never start that. So because, my, like, I, I think it was 
it was the, yep. it was that two three weeks ago when I tried making a to do list and like it 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 was too long. It was just way too long yeah. because so when I, I took stock of what I thing. had to do, it was just like it shouldn't be twenty things. That's the thing. That's <laughs> the thing. Also, I have multiple to do lists, and it's broken down by time. So right. I have a to do list for the day. I have a to do list. Well, not for the week, but I have to do list for all of Circuit Breaker. So my list for today, Nathan, is very simple: record the podcast, write the podcast write up, release the podcast. I mean, that's all basically one thing, but I broke it into three different items. Right? That's cheating. I feel like that is a very big cheat. <laughs> no, no, no. It's you know, splitting it up. Like it's it's like. Okay, Okay, cut the onions, fry the onions, uh, put the onions in a plate uh, after that. Um, <laughs> no, but the point is, but you, my strategy is, first of all, to break it up into chunks. Right. But also, because I can, those three tasks, mm-hmm. record the podcast, do mm-hmm. the write-up, and release it, mm-hmm. those are like, can be separated by time. Mm-hmm. So I can choose to take a 10-minute break. I can choose to do two, a two-hour break if I wanted to, as long as I get it done. And it's just satisfying to get it clicked. You know what I mean? Okay. And then even then, like I have to send for two different auditions. I split those auditions up. I didn't. I wasn't like do auditions. It was mm-hmm. like do audition one, do audition two, and then finally is read thirty minutes of nonfiction. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all for the day. Anything that I get done bonus, it, uh, other than that, is a bonus. Right. You know what I mean? That's my key to staying productive. And I'm I'm following Kamel and Emily's advice. I'm doing work in the day, nothing at night. Being strict about that. Some of our roommates are just working twenty four seven just because they can. Because when you work from home, when your office is your home, it's easy to think of your home as your office. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which but it's just, you never that, turn off. it's just that that never applied to me. Sure. Ever. Sure. And I don't think it applies to you either, to be honest. Well, like, I, but that's the thing. I'm trying to make structure. Okay. Yeah. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like, I have yeah, too okay. little structure. Right. I understand that. Yeah. For, for me, like, that's just never applied anyway. Right. Like, I just never, I've never had regular working hours. So, like, you know, it's like recording from, from, from 12 to 4 a.m. is not a new thing. It's re- the the thing that affects it more is really just the lack of other things happening. I guess okay. the lack of other things happening that kind of just causes my brain to freeze up or causes the part of me that wants to create to just suddenly not have any juice. Okay, and I think like um, it's just a very real experience, I guess, for anyone that like um, wants to create that like creation art comes from life, and if life has stopped. Then well, life um, has changed. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Life like, hasn't I, stopped. It's I, just that my perspective of it for a while was not the healthiest. I guess. Right. Like it really felt like everything had stopped because suddenly all my plans had just been delayed and pushed back and put to hold, and every date that I had on my calendar just suddenly got disappeared. So like I think it was a huge like oh my god life has stopped or like life has paused and I didn't feel like an existential threat. It didn't feel like oh I'm fucked it's over. It was more like huh there's nothing to do. I'm just not going to do anything. Well, at the, risk of, <laughs> at the risk of being cliche or like yeah. advising you to do something that's something everyone else is going to do, are you going to write a Corona album? Like what you described sounds very like cr- possibly creatively and artistically rich. Well, I mean... The idea of being stopped and like still in life. Stopping. Well, I mean, I mean, if in, in terms of like writing, you, you, you write about life, right? And that this is life right now. So of course, there's definitely going to be some things that are... It's going to bleed in. Parallel yeah. Yeah, to yeah. this kind of situation. But nah, it'd be dumb to write a Corona album. I don't know, man. I, feel I like, know there's definitely people that are going to do that yeah. shit to make a buck, but I'm not a fan of that. But I think I think it's like people are going to like... But like if you just do it and you don't market it as that, be like, this is the Corona album. Um, or, or, you know, just be like, what's what's inspiring you now? Like, just do it. And, and then I got I got to pitch. I'm going to pitch an album title for you. Just think about it for a second. What about Life in the Time of Corona? <laughs> You're just going to stop right? recording this right now and delete this podcast. <laughs> 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 no, yeah. Uh, the, I mean, inevitably, shit will come out from the times, right? Like, I've already written like three songs that are about like the social distance and isolation, and like it's 
it's it's definitely going to feed into it. I guess right I'm, right now I'm just trying to find like the new normal and trying to find the mm. new rhythm, um, which is weird. I didn't expect that I had to because it again like life hasn't been significantly different in terms of like but everything's lifestyle. different. But yes, it's not it's, different, it, but everything's different. It is different. Yeah. Well, Man. but you know. When I'm not trying to stay productive and I'm just trying to let my brain take a break and rot for a bit, um, it's always healthy to binge a little something. And we did talk about, we did talk about, you know, a little binge assignment last week. And I don't know how to make sounds. We're hoping that you guys did your homework. <laughs> hoping that you guys had time to do your homework and uh, that you caught up on the first season, the only season so far. So far. Of Tiger King. Hey, you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> Um, so we're recording this on, uh, Tuesday and this is, uh, 14th of April. Yesterday, 13th of April, they dropped a bonus episode that, um, they just kind of quietly dropped it uh, like in the series. So if you go back to Tiger King right now and you finished it, surprise, there's another one. Bam. And it's like an after show kind of thing. I haven't seen it yet because... Honestly, a part of me doesn't want to. You don't want it to end? Is that what you're saying? No, a part of me doesn't want to see them do Zoom interviews. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> like, I kind of love that they exist in this cinematic, like, um, uh, uh, crime porn documentary yep. thing. It and makes it too real. Yeah, and something about putting them on, like, a like a Zoom call with Joe McHale. I don't know. Yeah, and no, I get what you're saying. And also, Joe, Joe Exotic, Carol Baskins, and Doc Antle aren't in it. Oh, uh, you knew that already? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I saw the I saw the breakdown. Like Joe Exotic, Carol, Carol Baskins, and Doc Antle are not in the after show. Yes, that is so, correct. So I did watch it last night. Yeah. Um, it was a Zoom, it was a Zoom conference basically, <laughs> but it was pretty funny. Um, you could tell like it's it's I mean, if any, if nothing else, it's interesting just to see the things you can do with Zoom because I'm like. Because my my uh, producer brain was working. I'm like, man, look at all these edits. Because like you know, there's like there's lag and there's this and there's that, and they're they're cutting out. I'm sure they've rambled for hours, so you can see the edits. At least to me, were very clear, and you know, nothing really was was super illuminating from watching it. Except I found out. Let me try to a couple. Th- there are a couple things that were like, oh, I didn't even think about that, and like. It's weird how much stuff they talked about that could have been like basically a whole ep- – almost like a whole episode onto itself. For example, the person who got their arm bit off what, – what's their name, Nathan? Safi. Safi identifies as a man. Yeah. But they referred to him as a woman throughout the whole show. Mm. But it was – I liked her, her – his, excuse me. I liked his um, viewpoint on it because they, they, they didn't brush it over, but they – they address it, but very quickly. Basically, like Joel McHale was introducing him and referred to him as him, and then it was Saf, and I was like, "Huh?" And then he just asked one question, which was basically like, "Does it bother you that they that Joe and everyone referred to you as a woman, though you identify as a man?" And he goes, "No, I think more people are upset by it than me." I was like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> <Just> <laughs> moved on. He seems chill. He seems very chill. Yeah. I mean, you as, get, as a person that got a, his arm, his arm bit off, bit off, yeah, yeah. And he comes back to work like two weeks later. He's pretty chill. He's pretty chill. Yeah. Or crazy, yeah. Um, but I, I do want to talk about like mm. so. So uh, this is based on the assumption that everyone listening to this has either seen it or doesn't care and is going to skip through the segment entirely. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about like the phenomenon of the Netflix documentary. It's doing great. Holy shit! Because Tiger King, in and of itself, I mean, sure, we can break it down, but I feel like it's th- there's there's just so much crazy. And we can spend four episodes breaking the entire thing down. But what I wanted to like break down was the phenomenon of the crime 
genre yeah. in Netflix and how it has captivated like the attention of the entire fucking world. And yep. like I don't know. It, it's it's it, it seems like every three four months or so, like a new big crime thing is like center stage. That spotlight. everyone starts talking about. Like, don't fuck with cats was one of them. Don't fuck with cats. Making a murderer. Wild wild country. Yep. Um, to a certain extent, you. Yep. You know, it's, it's I, mean, a I, drama, I know it's right? I know it's like not, it's not a documentary, but it's like essentially like a, a, a big old criminal guy sure. doing crime things, and it's not a very good show. Um, <laughs> Um, what's that other show? Uh, Evil Genius. Yep. Yeah, there's so many like crime documentaries, and then like w- whenever they they become, I'm gonna take you out of that list. Uh, whenever yeah. they become center stage, like they just become the biggest thing ever, and then like the new big thing on Netflix comes in, and that's over after like two months. But I, I don't know. I'm just endlessly fascinated by like our human fascination towards like true crime. Like, is it simply because like real life is just like better than fiction i mean i would watch a true crime drama over like a new series any day uh i'm good with both but i just think that there, yeah there are stories out there that are so wild like the whole idea like can you imagine if we were in some alternate universe where joe exotic didn't exist and someone some writer somewhere pitched the joe exotic story to be made into a tv show or a movie that guy'd be like you are on crack you get joe dirt <laughs> you would get joe dirt <laughs> with lions yeah but like he's like it, 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 break it down it's like uh, I want to tell the story about the zookeeper. Oh, what is it about the zookeeper? Is it he just runs a zoo? No, no. It's all cats. <laughs> There's a couple of like small like gorillas and stuff, but it's all cats. Okay, okay. Well, what's interesting about this zookeeper? Uh, he's got a mullet. Okay, same standard. Uh, he's gay. Mm, interesting. He's got three husbands. What? <laughs> all he, of which are straight. Yeah. <laughs> well, all of, of whom turned out to be straight. straight. <laughs> One killed himself before you can be confirmed. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. That's That was my favorite. Favorite? That was the, I thought was that was the part that caught your that attention. That part was crazy. The 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 accidental suicide. Yeah, and and if that dude, <sighs> if if you had to take bets on how that dude, what's his name, Todd, Travis, Travis, why do I remember these fucking names? You really, I, dude. For the past five minutes, I've been trying to pull up the cast list. But it's not working out on the internet. <laughs> no, I hate myself shit. that I'm choosing to fill my brain of this shit. <laughs> you, you you're doing great. If you were to, if you're going to be like, how does this, how does this character die? Yeah, it'd be like a character. How does this person, real life person with a with family and and loved ones, how does he die? Yeah. I'd be like, okay, let's see. Top of my list, jet ski accident. Not uh, t- not tiger accident. I mean, that's a given. <laughs> but like, accidentally shooting himself to prove that his gun wasn't loaded. That's that's on the list for sure. But to watch it's a, it it's happen, a very Florida way to die. Yeah. yeah, Oklahoma to be fair. But yes, but like the way the way that like. Because like, they were filming everything, and you see the reaction of let's go, Nathan. Who? What's the name of the campaign manager guy? Ooh, don't remember. Okay, campaign manager. I want to say I want to say Brett, but that's probably he looks like a Brett, but that's probably wrong. Yeah, I want to say Josh. Yeah, maybe Josh. No, no. Uh, there's a lot of J names. If that's the case, anyway. Yeah, just to see him like you see the f- the muzzle flash fill up the room. Yeah, and you just see his reaction, and he's stunned yeah. for like a good fifteen seconds, just like open mouth, like just like whoa. Yeah, like that was fucking wild. It's even wilder that like they document everything. Yeah. But I guess I guess like that's kind of like the state of documentaries moving forward, right? Like there's footage of everything now. I think like we've reached that point because I remember that like there's a time where every documentary we watched is about things that happened in like the nineties, yeah, like talking like, heads. the eighties, yeah. yeah, and then they're just talking about a thing, and then like they have recreations, yeah. But then we're now living in an age where, like, most likely a good amount of the shit you're talking about was documented, yeah. filmed, or written about, CCTV'd, whatever it was. But I think Joe Exotic is a particularly 
yes specific his, case because there's yeah. like three different sources of footage there yeah, was like his, his, his cases, show yeah. the documentary the documentary is made before the documentary the reality yeah. show that was trying to be made so yeah. there's a lot of footage holy yeah, crap yeah, yeah. there's a shit ton of footage and it's just fascinating like how much you're able to see like yeah. that kept blowing my mind throughout the entire series of like yes they're talking about all this craziness but they're actually showing it to you and that is the part that i think is unprecedented moving forward mm. with other documentaries they're just gonna it's just, we're just going to see crazier and crazier shit. And it kind of scares me a little bit. Like, because mm-hmm. this definitely pushed the envelope in terms of like things that you will see on your TV on Netflix. Person getting their arm ripped off. The same. Person shooting themselves in the head. Exactly. Like I can, I can, I can watch like the Teletubbies on Netflix if I wanted to as well. Yeah, sure. And <laughs> it's nuts. It's all, it's all on there. Um, Singapore Social, something you can watch. Yeah, you can watch that too. But um, yeah, I'm just endlessly fascinated by like the human fascination with true crime. I don't know, man. I went through a phase for sure when I like looked up all the serial killers and like figured right. out what they do. I don't know what it is. And and f- um, from from the rough like lo- uh, looking into that I did into this, apparently, like a good majority of an audience for murder documentaries crime documentaries white people women no oh women women um and unsurprisingly a lot of these crime documentaries a lot of these uh, uh true crime things are showcasing violence against women hmm. yeah so like I- i've been trying to break down that thought i've been trying to understand like huh why is there such a huge fascination especially with women towards like true crime is it more of like just to understand the sobering reality of the world or kind of like women going like, see, look, y'all, uh, this shit sucks. <laughs> or Yeah, I don't know. I, I think like this, the sociologist in me is kicking in. I'm like, I'm wondering like, what are the other mitigating factors? Not mitigating. What are the other factors that causes them to watch it? Is it that they're... Is it because it's boyfriend-friendly reality TV? Maybe. I don't know. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. ne- it's, it's never the th- reason that you think for mm-hmm. stuff like this, usually. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like saying like... Um, uh, oh yeah like women are disproportionately given less salary than men I, I at first it just sounds like oh that's just straight up sexist and it is but there's also so many factors like for example like women are less likely to negotiate in, or, or whatever and or, or uh, a lot of factors <laughs> <laughs> women are more likely to more likely or women take maternity leave if they have kids uh, have kids and that factors into the average salary going down it just does mm-hmm. so I'm curious about what it is I don't have any answers but I'm just you know that's what I'm thinking of I'm just going to post a clip of John defending the glass ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I'm sure there's a psychology behind it. Maybe it's uh, um, a subconscious way of feeling like you're safe mm-hmm. because you see that the world can be pretty insane. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I'm really, I'm, I'm not sure. But like, yeah, they, they, they said that there's data saying that like majority of the viewers of these crime do- true crime documentaries hmm. are women hmm. um and i don't know i just found that interesting and the other thing i found super interesting is that joe Ex- spoiler alert joe exotic's in prison right yeah he's in prison for the foreseeable future i think trump did say something about Ugh. maybe pardoning him a weirdo <laughs> um yeah because joe exotic's mid-50s i believe and he's in yeah. prison for like 20 years yeah so but isn't it kind of tragic i mean he's done horrible things but so did everyone else like isn't it kind of tragic that he he can't like uh capitalize on this shit like netflix fame is 
so fleeting. Yeah. It, it lasts seven if, seconds. If if it like realistically, if it lasts you a month, you're lucky. Yeah. Like love is blind. Who <laughs> you know? Like <laughs> everyone was talking about that a month ago from now, and then now it's just completely. Uh, 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 off, off, off the radar. I mean, that's and it's Tiger King Central. That's the irony, right? The irony is that like he wanted fame this whole time. He wanted attention. He got it, and he, he can't it, experience and he can't it. It. Yeah. it. It must be. I'm sure he's getting tons of prison letters. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, but also maybe people stopped watching Love Is Blind because they didn't want to watch a show about people being forced to be in the same house. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I haven't watched Love Is Blind. I probably won't though. Hey, Nathan, I got something to ask you yeah. about Tiger King. And as a musician, when did you realize that he wasn't singing his songs? Was it like his own songs? Was it immediately? Um, Not really. A part of me wanted... I knew, I, immediately I was like, okay, that can't be his voice. But a part of me was like, I really hope that's his voice. Yeah. Because I want this guy to be able to sing a beautiful country ballad. I, yeah. want, I want that, I want that to, to be, be like... True. Yeah, I want him to be like a fantastic singer. And... Yeah, I don't know. It's like, definitely he's definitely not. Let's let that's confirmed. There's a little bit of like uh, who did it. There's a little bit. There's like, but there's one clear guy to me. I forgot his name, but anyway. But do you think he wrote Keith them? Urban. <laughs> oh, um, maybe Garth Brooks. Maybe I don't know. I think he wrote the lyrics for sure. Probably. They're bad. Well, I, I, well, some of them are great. I saw a tiger and a tiger saw a man. That's crazy. That's pretty great. That's that's just strong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it, it has so many layers, too many layers, but um. Yeah, I, 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 I think a lot of that show, it kind of broke my heart. Like, do you know people like Joe Exotic? Like personality, no sense. <laughs> personality types. Like super eccentric, really out there, dresses fabulous, like crazy fabulously. That kind of thing, but mostly all of that mm-hmm. paired with a... Uh, almost tireless thirst for attention, recognition, hey, fame. <laughs> <laughs> Shout uh, out. <laughs> no, no. no. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I guess so. I feel like I should start a documentary series now. Yeah. Here's the king. Here's the queen. Matsik king. Matsik. Okay. Um, no. Um yeah, I, I, I know a few people like that. And it was such a tragic thing to watch because mostly these people tend to be understood, uh, misunderstood. Mm. And they will, they will glom on to the first thing that people um, like them for or identify them for or accept them for. Shasue. Mm. She is the Singaporean Tiger King. Mm. Oh. Ooh. Pink King. Pink Queen. Wow. And I know her personally, or at least I worked with her in her project, and she's uh, probably similar to Joe Exotic, very different, like, when the cameras aren't rolling, then she's actually pretty cool. Yeah. She doesn't seem like it, though. God damn. Wow. Okay. But, um, <laughs> please don't add her. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Please don't add her. I don't want her listening to this. <laughs> no, in the sense that she's, like, bigger than life, yeah. has a look, yeah, like, a very yeah. specific look. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you. the closest thing you're going to get are influencers. I mean, really, to be honest, I get the you, more I get eccentric you. of influencers. I get you, but I straight up like know of a few people that are like it, it's like I I straight up just like I think they're crazy, Name but names. in like 
no, not gonna name names. names. I think they're names. crazy, but I, I wouldn't. You just, you don't know them. They're not known people. <laughs> yeah, um, and it'd oh, be weird. To, it'd be weird to call out plain people, <laughs> non-public figures. Um, but oh crap! I lost my train of thought. Um, people that you know who are eccentric and want attention. Yes, it's they. They will glom onto the first thing that people accept them for, and mm. like, there's almost like a tireless hunger for attention and like. Um, all this. Uh, I just thought of another name. Stephen Lim could possibly be another. Like, Fuck you, bro. Could be another uh, an, uh, analog for Tiger King. He's a local celebrity in Singapore. Right. That is, I say celebrity very liberally. Sure. The guy that killed the other guy in a boxing match. I do not know about that. I'm okay. googling that right after this. Actually, you know what? We, man, we should make a documentary about Stephen Lim. Okay. God damn, that would be good. Sell it to Netflix and. Oh, I'm pretty sure someone's already doing it, though. No, let's do it. All right. We That's the problem. We assume that someone's doing it. When that's, <laughs> it's like that whole thing of like a woman's getting murdered and she's calling for help. Yeah. And everyone assumes that everyone else is asking for help is doing it. No, let's do it. The Limpec, Lim, Stephen Lim, Lim Files. The main, the main, re- the main reason why I wouldn't want to do it is because I, I don't want to have a personal relationship with the man. <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm valid, valid. Yeah. Um... But, man, I'm losing my train of thought left, right, center. I just woke up. <laughs> uh, Record the podcast early, Nathan said. We'll yeah, but, but it's, it'll be worth it. I got shit ton of stuff to do. Today. Fair enough. But, um, yeah. What are your thoughts? I lost my train. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in this day and age... I mean, like I said, I mean, not really a hot take, but like the kind of people you're talking about who are like eccentric and want attention and want that stuff. I mean, that almost sounds like a definition of of an influencer. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's definitely a thing. Mm. Famous for being famous or famous for being weird. But I guess what I'm talking about more that I guess I didn't like really elaborate. I'm just trying to get you properly on. It's like. It's the obsessive nature of it. Mm. It's the it's the obsessive nature that he filmed everything. everything. He shot everything. He released a podcast every day. Yep. Like that was like actual commitment to an idea of himself. Mm. You know, that's very strong self-belief, a lot of like self-obsession almost. Um and it's it's, it's an aspect of like the human psyche that I find absolutely fascinating there's definitely like a a parallel of influencers or just any social media personality type where like you're craving for attention and you want attention but for the most part i feel like most people like they go about the steps to doing it right okay how do i express myself how like do people enjoy this does it get attention i'm gonna make this now to, to create that attention whereas his just felt a lot more obsessive where it was like every minute every hour of the day had to be documented and put out there because someone is watching it. I mean, he's a huge ego, ego, a megalomaniac, right? Mm-hmm. Complete ego, egoist. Like he's like, I'm going to run for president. Oh, I no, okay, I'm going to run for governor. What? Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. That alone should be the reddest fucking flag to like politicians everywhere. Because like the same thing that made him run for president or governor is the same thing that makes everyone else run for office. I would think, or uh, like not everyone, the most, but cynical, most people. Yeah. yeah, not everyone, of course, but. Most people, I feel, because... Want what? Attention? Power? What do you think? No, most people that go into the government is really just like they, they, they have this like... The same uh, tick and obsession that drives Joe Exotic is the same thing that drives these people to run for government and, and have positions of power. 
because clearly it's not because they can do the job because okay I'm taking US as an example here mm. clearly it's not because they can do a good job clearly it's not because they're capable I mean that's a very sweeping statement I mean I feel like hopefully the best uh, out there I'm going to just put Obama like f- believe in their ability to change the world for the better I don't know, you know what I mean I've that's seen, the most like I've seen too much yeah in the last few weeks about the um the bones of the US government what do you mean like how there's no plan for any of this and there was no contingencies. Like you're running... Well, there, a, there was a plan and then Trump came in and fucking killed it. Well, I mean, it, okay, the, there was the very little team. semblance of... a. The thing is like plans like these are not created weeks in advance or sure. months in advance. They're created years, decades yeah, yeah, yeah. in advance. And when you're running like one of the biggest countries in the world, one of the most like spotlighted countries in the world, you'd think they'd have a plan. I mean, it's a th- I mean, it's I mean, it's hard to. S- I mean, there is always a plan, right? But it's like when you get into the nitty gritty of it, it's like wow. But also, don't forget that it's the United States, right? Like, for example, California has a pretty good plan; they're doing it okay, and that combined with it. But even the, but they're getting hit super hard. Same New York had a pretty decent plan, but they're getting destroyed. But see, just of all the people, who all of these. I think what you're talking there. about is, um, plan of action. Yeah. These guys, they responded to it well, but they responded to it. They should have seen it coming. They responded to it to as much as, what am I trying to, what sentence am I trying to say? They responded to it to the extent of their full capacity. Yeah. But I'm talking about like, um, like foresight. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about planning. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about things that governments are supposed to do for the people. Mm Mm-hmm. Governments are not supposed to be like, oh shit, oh let's see how to fix that like hole in the boat. No, they're supposed to like, 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 like make sure that the boat's not going to crack in the first place, or make sure that all the contingencies are in plan. Like that's kind of why people like, or that's kind of the reason why people would think they have to trust governments because yeah. when shit truly hits the fan, when shit hits the fan beyond what they can control, beyond their own employment, beyond their own like uh, 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 ownership. Mm-hmm. at some point the government is responsible for the other aspects of your life they're not responsible for every aspect of your life but for things beyond your control I feel like that's when they are like that's when their responsibility needs to come in yeah I, I think I mean yes to an extent but also, also I feel like it's the most like when shit like when when shit fails mm-hmm. that's when you notice things right yeah. like you don't notice the day to day like you know that there are paved roads that there is like you know Shit like that. There's paved roads. I mean, the government the, did that. I mean, in the U.S., it's arguable. Have you been to L.A. recently, man? The potholes, just potholes. <laughs> Have you been to L.A. recently? Like, no, they, I wanted to. Paved roads are, are 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 a rare sight. What? They're, it's all dirt roads. The four or five is just like dirt. No, it's just like, like it's <laughs> like the roads are all shitty. It's like there's ah. cracks around it. There's potholes everywhere. Fair. And like, mm, I mean, the nice parts are nice, but that's about it. <laughs> I, I guess it's also just like. We got a pretty good government. I mean, you can criticize oh, the Singapore no, yeah. government all you want. Singapore's we won't do it on this podcast, though. Singapore's government ha- can take all the criticism in the world. They do tons of shit like, that are kind of questionable. But ultimately, as a government taking care of a people, they uphold their responsibility of making sure that when shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. they will be there to back it up. Because there's a lot of aspects in life that I think people misunderstand the role of the government. They think that the government needs to take care of every aspect of their life, from employment to like... Uh, 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 like maternity or whatever, like a lot of things that are, um, of, of course it'd be better if a government could. Yeah, that's fascism is what you're describing. No, like, of, of course a government could North Korea, <laughs> a government, uh, would get more points for, you know, giving those benefits. Mm-hmm. 
but the truth is sometimes like uh with budgets and everything some countries can't fly with that kind of thing you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but um when it comes to the base life and death kind of shit you would think that that's where responsibility starts to set in. Right. Like, I think a lot of people get angry with the government when, like, whenever they're unemployed or, like, whenever there's... We like, gotta have ta- rising taxes or whatever. There's lots of, there's lots of reasons someone. to... Yeah, there's lots yeah. of reasons to blame them. But I feel like the blame definitely 100% falls when, like, things beyond your control start coming in. Like, your office shut down. What are you gonna do about it? Mm. You know? Like, you can't start another business because the office to start businesses isn't open either. True. So it's mm-hmm. like you are completely an island at this point other than your own uh, self-care and like self-survival. You're completely an island. And it makes me, it makes my heart break for people in countries like Malaysia or Indonesia or the U S or Afghanistan. Well, I don't know how they're doing to be honest, but I can't imagine it's great. Um, Places where they're left to fend for themselves. Um, and I guess the moral of the story is don't let people like Joe Exotic become president. <laughs> there we go. We got to the point. Yeah, because President Joe would not do very good, I don't think. I feel like he'd do a, a little better than, than Trump. Trump. Maybe a little bit better. I feel like he would do a little better because he, he doesn't seem to be worse than him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give this to Joe over Trump. At least Joe knows what he doesn't know he knows to bring in experts yeah you know what i mean yeah 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 Yeah, joe exotic 2022 2024 joe biden then joe exotic we go from joe to joe god god man i don't don't think joe's gonna win i don't think joe biden's gonna win no i don't think so four more years of trump i think four it's i think it's gonna be four more years of trump even after all this nonsense and how he's kind of like proven that he's Completely inept. Yeah, I mean, I mean, shit. If Joe Biden wins, that would be great. I just don't see it happening. Like, I'm not a political expert or anything, but like, I just look at like Bernie could have won. It's the same thing. Bernie could have won the the general, but not the but not the primary. Whatever he could, uh, Bernie could have beat Trump, but he couldn't beat Clinton before and Joe Biden now. I I stopped caring when Yang dropped out. But also, I, (laughs) I I but honestly, honestly. I stopped caring after all of this coronavirus stuff. Yeah. Because it's like, y'all are truly broken. Yeah. Like, y'all are truly, truly broken. At this point, anybody... Like, like it doesn't matter. If Trump mm. becomes president again, whatever. Like, you, you're going to make it worse? Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Actually, yes. <laughs> I think he will. Dude, he wants to open up... He wanted to open up the US economy uh, for Easter, which was two days ago. Yeah. It didn't happen, oh, thank God. But that he wants to. And... He wanted to open it. May, now he wants to open it May first. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, isn't that? It's completely nuts. nuts. Aren't they at like six hundred thousand right now? They're, uh, they're at twenty thousand deaths. I know that they're at about six. I think yes, yeah, around six hundred thousand cases. So between the time that he announced that Easter is going to close, because mm-hmm. I've been keeping track of this shit stupidly mm-hmm. enough, yeah, three hundred, give or take, around three hundred thousand people have contracted it. Yeah, I heard a pretty sobering fact today. Sorry, three hundred. Did I say three hundred? Three hundred thousand. Yes. Yeah. Um, in the entire Iraq war mm-hmm. too, like, you know, from 10 years of that war, uh, 5,000 people have died. Four times as many have died now from coronavirus in America. Mm. So that's crazy. Um, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a whole thing about like military budget versus healthcare budget. <sighs> like, man. Yeah. That's I don't know what to get into. I don't know. I, 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 I've, I've, I've really, I've really stopped 
caring. I, I only ever cared last time because like it, it, it felt like, you know, um, I had a certain affinity to, to the country mm-hmm. having studied there and having so many friends there mm-hmm. and like having like consuming so much content from there. Um, I, I had a certain affinity towards it and like, of course, just, you know, wanted better for the of country course. and like was like, oh, you know, you, 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 it's like y'all going to get out of this like slump. <laughs> but no, it turns out like it's not just a slump. It's just it's it's a broken mess and it has been broken for a very long time. Yes. Even before him, before the other guy, before the other guy. Like it's Going just, back to George Washington. Yeah, it's just not it's it's it makes you wonder. And this is going to sound like damn near like horrible, but it makes you wonder in order to run a country that large, do you need to do it like China? Because, okay, look at China. From the outside in, there's a lot to be said. Mm -hmm. From the outside in, there's a lot to be said. But from the inside out, like, a lot of Chinese people are happy. A lot of Chinese people have experienced prosperity. Sure, there are a good amount that experience other things as well. Like sweatshops. <laughs> but um And poverty. Man, it's it's I don't know. it's it's such a it's such a toss up, right? Because like look at how they handle this, assuming that all the all the information You think their numbers are correct? True? I think their numbers are bullshit. Assuming that what we're seeing is true, mm-hmm. right? And I don't want to speculate, I haven't done enough research to speculate. Yeah. But assuming that the numbers that they, they, they've given are true, like Maybe that's just how you run a country that big, you know. Well, like, of course, this is like from generations <clears throat> of nationalism as well, and like a mindset, and like understanding, and like the and and like mm-hmm. basically ingraining yourself into a culture and a and a mindset. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other thing that the U.S. is very. It's probably very very far from because their mindset is about independence, right? Not about like unity. Well, there's a lot of things to talk about there because it's like. I mean, all different governments, all di- like no one is the best one. They're all fucking fucked. They're all fucking great. Whatever. It's a, I believe Churchill said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I mean, the Chinese form of government will have advantages in situations like this. Mm-hmm. American style will have advantages with a lot of ways. Like, just look at, I mean, if you look back a little bit, just like the way the economy has been able to boom. Like, but then, you know it, what I mean? but then like, it goes back to the thing that we said before, right? About what is the government's true role. Right. Like, the government's true role is not to, like, ensure your individual success. Mm-hmm. It's to ensure that you live in this country and yeah. don't die until you have to. And that you, it, I mean, it's, it, not to be cliche, but it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Not happiness, but the pursuit of it. That's yeah. what you're supposed to be able to have. Yeah. So, so it's like, it's not the government's responsibility that your business booms. It's not that you're the government's responsibility that you're able to get a loan. Yeah. But it is the government's responsibility that you don't die next week because of shit that you couldn't control oh you talking about like the Uyghur death camps <laughs> <laughs> um it's like it's, oh yeah you're you're this race die yeah Hockey. like there's there's, right. there's there's a lot again there's a lot there mm-hmm. i'm not saying mm-hmm. that what they're doing is like a model of government it's an interesting discussion it's not have. a model of go- it's just that like for what a, go- a government should be doing china did it sure presumably God, you really have to drink the Kool-Aid. What's I, Kool-Aid in Chinese, huh? <laughs> I'm, just think, I'm just thinking like presumably, right, if the numbers aren't are real. Mm. And and here's why... 80,000, I, I think, China? 80,000 cases? I'm honestly not so too sure. But like, here's why like when I first heard that things were calming down that I didn't question it that much. Mm. Because I, under, I, I think I have a decent understanding of the Chinese mindset. 
yeah. being Chinese. True. But of course, it's like multiplied by many times when you go to like mainland China mm-hmm. because they have it unfiltered over there. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> like, my, like my Chineseness has been filtered through many sieves. Yeah. Um, but there is something about like uh, submission. There's something about um, uh, listening to authority. Yeah. And then there's, of course, like the very ingrained nationalism that you yeah. have in China that made me not really question that much of like, huh, yeah, they probably did all stay in their homes regardless of whether they had a choice or not. Well, I mean, they also welded their door shut. Yeah, so I looked into that. Apparently, that's like... Hoax? Half and half. It wasn't the government doing it. It was the landlords. It was like... Mm-hmm. It was not like government officials that were doing it. It was just like people that had power over these people living in this building yeah. that chose to exercise But it's like, it's power. just like what you're saying, right? Like but why the did government did yes. go up to people's houses, take their temperatures and drag away the people that um, were having temperatures, had yeah. fevers. But to be fair to the government, if someone was a risk and doesn't want to leave their house, I'd drag them out too. Mm. <laughs> I mean, mm. like, what are you going to do? Leave them there and infect everyone else? Yeah, I don't know. It's all fucked up. It's kind of a case of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm going to move you out of this place forcibly now because you are choosing to stay in this building even though you might be sick. So it's kind of like, you know... Give and take. Give and take. Yeah. But... Um, I don't know. I, I, I think it, there's definitely something to be said about how like, I, I'm sure that they adhered to the quarantine period much better than, say, the U.S. adapted to it or even yeah. Singapore adapted but, to uh, it. Okay, but Singapore's, Singapore's been experiencing like um, a lot of uh, problems with this circuit breaker. Like People in the government keep saying, like, people are still hanging out outside. People mm-hmm. are still going out. People are still socializing. Um, Which is correct, but I mean, the vast, vast, vast majority of cases are coming from these fucking sardine cans that we put our foreign workers in. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I I I don't know why that came out so angry from you. <laughs> no, because okay, okay. Here's the thing, right? No, no. I, I get that there's an injustice, but there's very little that can be that I can be angry about because they're constantly improving it. They're constantly working mm-hmm. at it. Like you can't suddenly have a contingency plan for everything. They had a contingency plan for most things and I appreciate the government for that alone. Like, and the fact that they were, that they have in the last three weeks been constantly evolving their Mm. plan and treatment of the foreign workers. Mm -hmm. Um, I am, I have no complaints over it. Like it hasn't, it it only improves. They keep spreading them out. They keep putting them in new, new, new places. No, but my point is is that before, this thing hit we were th- we everyone didn't care or thought it was okay to put like 15 people in one room or whatever right you're talking about the before yeah yeah understood you know what i mean like they're yeah. handling it well they're yeah. reacting to it yeah but we have to think about that and and trust me like i'm the kind of guy is like you have to look at both sides right because i'm not going to be like oh well, it's immediately wrong i mean yeah. it's not the best i yeah, wish yeah, we could yeah. do better i wish companies could do better yeah but because they're, they're carrying out their, their profit margins right but then again, you have to ask, like, these Bangladeshi workers, these Indian workers, yes. would they rather... I mean, they came here for a reason. Yeah. I'm wondering how many of them regret coming here, right. COVID or not, right? right. I, right. I don't know. It's something I might want to look into. Maybe let's make a documentary about it, Nathan. Um, but it's... You have, like... Like someone said, right? It was a ticking bomb that was going to explode eventually. Right. I think they meant that in a different context, unfortunately. Yeah. They meant that in the context of, like, socially... Mm. Yeah, because that quote that you're talking about came from a P, uh, from PM, I think. I'm sorry, PM, MP. Yeah. Um, a member of parliament that said something about how, like, 
uh, remember the little India riots? Mm-hmm. She was basically saying something about like how that whole area is a ticking time bomb because yeah. like socially it's very tense. But something I wanted to point out, you're, you're, you're right. But like what 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 I'm what I'm realizing from hearing you talk, it's like if nothing else, this coronavirus, this thing, it's like the whole idea of like you don't understand you don't fully understand a person during the good times you you see a person fully during the the fucking pandemics i guess Mm -hmm. but like you you can see how like governments are handling things and people are handling and what that means about that the kind of the country's personality right yeah because america has downfall the shortfalls but then again it's huge the i mean it's not the population not as big as china but it's landmass and like the people there's a lot of different types of people there's a lot of cultures within yeah i mean i would say china is multi is closer to a, a, a single uh culture not like not quite on the grounds of like North Korea, but definitely not like America, where you can split into regions and like all that shit. Right? They're, they're definitely unified by a mindset. Yes, culturally they're very different, but they're definitely unified by a mindset. Yeah, man, I get it. Yeah. I saw the farewell. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, There's a so, reason yeah. why Asian people, I mean Chinese people, are the root of like Thai people and and like mm-hmm. everything. There's a reason why like these traits are very similar across the board. Yeah, there's definitely there's a reason, reason. why like. Um, Thais, Malaysians, Chinese, Taiwanese, Singaporean, Hong Kongers all disappoint their Have parents. Small eyes. Oh, okay. <laughs> disappoint their parents. That totally, totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, but it, it's interesting to say. Like, I'm not going to say one's good or bad. I don't know enough to say, but like, it's interesting for sure. It's definitely something that's, that's fascinating to look into. Right. Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? Because the, my first instinct behind, like, oh, why, why is that happening? Because there's a lack of space. But then again, do we really have that big of a lack of space? I think moving forward in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. I think moving forward, um, hopefully we, we learn from like, I mean, of course we're going to learn from so many aspects of this, right? Like previously we spoke about how maybe we can overhaul working hours, Mm -hmm. how we can overhaul, like how we move around in the country, how we can overhaul, like how we hold meetings and social gatherings and things, or even concerts. We're rethinking everything. Hopefully we also rethink this aspect of like foreign worker life, right? Yeah. Like instead of these dorms, should there be some kind of like HDB situation, maybe, like an entire HDB for foreign workers, or mm-hmm. so, I don't know, something like that, where like they actually have a space. Like I think they, I, no matter how okay. small, as so long as is, it's not a bunk bed. <laughs> this is the small little insight I have to that. So I, I, I I've cycled west towards Pandan, mm-hmm. and then like the whole that whole area. It seems like they're dormitories yeah. uh, for foreign workers, and to be honest, they don't look much different from HDBs, right? Because mm-hmm. like, and I know this because like as I was cycling around the reservoir, everywhere I looked were foreign workers, like just hanging out. Like it was like completely entering a different land, so they're not too dissimilar. But the problem is that you just cramp. I mean, again, it's just looking after your profit margins, right? How little can we spend to house our foreign workers? Mm. Is what it's what's happening. So it's it's not too dissimilar. It's just they're just way cramped in, from what yeah. I understand. Well, since we're on this topic, I want to shout out um, the the MWAF, the migrant, the, yeah, the Migrant Workers Assistant Fund. Oh, right. Um, huh? Yeah, so you can head to giving.sg, and let me just pull out the exact URL for you. Um, it's giving.sg slash MWAF slash migrants we care or you can just go to the link on my instagram yeah uh, it'll be in the show notes too they've been raising funds for the migrant workers um for the last uh few weeks and it's awesome to see they've been like the, the funding is skyrocketing like Great. they they set a five hundred thousand dollar goal uh they smashed it and now they're headed towards eight hundred thousand um and 
all of this money is going to go to a good cause. All of this money is going to go to the right people. Right, I'm going to chip in right after we're done recording this. Do I'll do my little part. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, I know. I mean, I mean, what is a million dollars in the scope of all of this? I know. Right? Can I have some though? <laughs> but um, I'll take a million dollars. But um, here, here, here's hoping that like there, there are like monumental shifts in how like these foreign workers are treated in Singapore. Yeah. Because, okay, I, it, it is, ex- again, the, the, the pre-existing conditions of how it was last time, kind of rough. Yeah. But, I, I have honestly been truly impressed with how the government has been, ho- like, handling this specific foreign worker situation. Yeah, 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 Like, they've been addressing it. They've been trying to fix it. They've been trying to improve conditions for them. Like, the PM even had an a- address where he spoke directly to the families of all mm. the foreign workers. Like, mm. that shit, honestly, pretty great. Pretty good. probably standard politician stuff, but I guess in today's day and age, it's, like, extremely rare and uncommon. Yeah, our, our, our expectation, our bar is quite low. Yeah, like, when he said that, I was like, man... What a lovely thing to say. What what a guy. And I was like, he's just being like a sensible person. Like it's fucking crazy that a sensible person with like straight morals or like seemingly straight morals is impressive. Right. Um but uh yeah, here's just hoping that moving forward that many things will change and we know that many things are gonna change. I it's it's inevitable. Like this isn't just a passing cloud. Yeah. Like Sure, some things will go back to being the same, but nah, not really. Not really. Not really. Like, isn't it crazy to think 2020? Like, this whole year, you're probably going to, like, you're not going to give any more hugs. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can just see the cover now of Time Magazine, the person of the year, social distancing. <laughs> Great. No more, uh, 2020, you're going to get no more hugs, uh, shaking hands. Aren't, Four more years of Trump. thing. Yeah. Oh God. Shaking hands is dumb anyway. Shaking hands is dumb. What's yeah, I'll your, say it. What's your preferred method? Just waving. Got it. Or just no, just like a nod, like a head nod. A head like, nod. Hey, Mr. President. Hey. I guess. Okay. Like, I thank I, you for I, my I, diploma. I hey. guess the upside of it is that now I don't need to go through that awkward dance when you meet someone new. Don't know how like, to greet them. Is it handshake? Is it hug? Is it bro handshake? Is it bro hug? Like, which one is it? See, the problem is not now. You got like wave, foot touch elbow bump no but see no matter what it is i think it's very obvious i think an elbow bump is pretty obvious but everything else like you know it's a separate engagement sure we don't have to be uh, we there's no awkward physical tangle yeah yeah i can't tell you the number of times i like i th- i i i i read a person and i'm like this person seems like a bro hug person nope handshake guy <laughs> <laughs> and he's now me. uncomfortable in my arms <laughs> yeah but i mean now we're gonna i mean yeah that's true but it's also it's gonna be like does this person like th- three, four, five months from now? Is like, do we shake hands or are we still in the? You know, <laughs> it's still going to be awkward. It's human interaction is always going to be awkward. And like, what if it just? It, what if it just phases out? It just goes away. Like we just, it's just not a thing anymore. You just it, don't say hello. You don't greet each other. Or like, or like, we just become Japan and everyone bows. Bows. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm down with bowing. Bowing is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Shows respect. Yeah. And it and it feels good when you get bowed to as well. Yeah, yeah. Show respect, you give respect, you get respect. I wish Uniqlo would bow more. They bow to you in Japan, Uniqlo's. Yeah, but they actually, that's, do that's just Japan in general. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you should. But Uniqlo is Japan in general, specifically Uniqlo. No, in Japan they just bow to you everywhere, regardless yeah. of whether you're in or out of a Uniqlo. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know I know in Takashimaya, not even in Singapore. Yeah. Um every morning before they open the mall, they stand outside their stalls and they and and they do like a little thing and they bow and a song plays over the radio and everything. Huh. Yeah. Do you think of, uh Japanese people have stronger backs because of bowing? Hmm. Think about it. Hmm. I'm not sure. Right? You know how they say like New Yorkers are be- are more fit because they walk everywhere? Japanese people, stronger backs because they bow. Mm, good core strength. Right? Good lower back strength. Makes sense. <laughs> like how many like like uh, wonky... Wa- like Japanese people are walking to their hundreds, mm-hmm. you know, to 100 years old. Yeah. Because they have strong backs. Good for them. Good for them. Hope the old people in Japan are doing well. Must be a scary time for them. Yeah. Everywhere to be fair. Don't bow to the coronavirus. And that's the moral of the episode. <laughs> yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 115. That was oh. a long intro. <laughs> oh, fuck. My name is John. <laughs> My name is Nathan. And you're you. Um, and thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Till next week. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for the hang. Thanks for the hang. What a place to be. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way, what a good sign, what a good thing. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang.